Yo, everyone, welcome to Elevate! Elevate! No, I, I can't hear you, come on now! Elevate! Oh man, what is wrong with you people today? Man, you come to Elevate sleeping. Why are you people sleeping today? Everybody come to the front, come to the front so I can hear you. So I can hear you louder, so I can hear you louder. Come to the front, come to the front, come to the front. Do it one more time. Come on. Elevate. 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 What? 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 God is good. And all the time. Woo! And welcome to Elevate. That sounded loud, right? Well, I want to give you guys a verse today. Um, Terry on. Can you read this verse for us? coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in the truth for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. Amen, right? Amen. So today, are you guys a true worshiper? Are you guys worshiping God in Spirit and in truth? Because God loves you guys. God died on the cross for you guys. He gave, his one, he gave his one and only son for you guys. Are you worshiping God with your fully, with your full heart? I, see, I only see Josie is pretty hyped today. Come on, Josie. Yeah! Come on. I see only Josie today, man. Awesome. You guys are dead today. I don't know why. But man, you guys got to worship God with your full heart, full spirit, full truth. Amen. Woo, let's go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mike isn't working. Hello. And I am chosen and I am free. And I am living for eternity, free now forever. Now hold the eye, approach your throne, and claim this crown, the Christ my own. Yours now forever. Nothing. And nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. An amazing love, how can it be? You gave it. 
our Heavenly Father, God. I thank you, God, for being in this place, God, where we can gather together, God, and bring you praise, God. Just in this house, I just want you to begin to just thank God for everything that he's been doing in your life. God, I thank you for bringing us here, Lord. God, that there's chains you want to break off in this place, Lord God. Chains of timidity, God. Chains of fear, Lord God. Chains of shame, God. Chains of sin. And I ask that even now, God, that as we sing these songs, Lord God, it wouldn't just be words on a, on a screen like TJ was saying, God, to worship you in spirit and in truth, God. I pray that you would look down at Elevate, Lord God, and that you would look for hearts in this place, God, that want you, God, that want to know you, God, that have come here to seek you, God, because they need chains to be broken. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. An amazing love, how can it be? You gave everything for me. You gave everything for me. My heart was free. I'm alive. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love. Amazing love. How can it be? You gave everything for me. You gave everything for me. Now I'm free to live. Free to give, I'm free to be, I'm free to love you, free to live, free to give, I'm free to be, I'm free to love you, free to live, free to give, I'm free to be, I'm free to love you, Lord. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. An amazing, amazing love. How can it be? You gave everything for me. You gave everything for me. Everything. God, I thank you that in your word, God, you say that you've given us everything that we need, God. You've given us everything that we need, Lord. And because of that, God, we're free to live, God. We're free to give, Lord God. And we're free to be like you. It just comes naturally when we get alone with you, with our creator, the one who made us. And we get to know your nature that you're kind, that you're patient, that you're joyful, Lord God. It begins to rub off on us. God, we want to be like you, Jesus, in this place. From the inside out, God, we want to be just like you. Begin to tell them in your own words, I wanna be like you, Jesus. Wanna be like you, Jesus. I wanna be like you, Jesus. 
haven't ever encountered just God's love or felt his love for you or maybe you want to experience it in a fresh and a deeper way I want to invite you to lift your hands to either place your hand over your heart and I want you to ask God to begin to fill you with his love fill us with your love tonight your holy love fill us with your love tonight you said that you're jealous for us, that you love us unconditionally. 
forgive us in this place God you would forgive us for the times that we've ran away from your love God not knowing God that you have our best interests in every area of our lives Lord God we've been running from you God we ask that you would just begin to cause us Lord to stop in our tracks God and begin to run to you tonight that if we've had any fear God in our minds Lord God that would keep us from you I ask that you would remove it in the name of Jesus that God, just like a child, God, we can run to your, your hands, Father. Knowing that you're ready to love us, God. You're ready to love us into your kingdom, God. You're ready to show us, God. But are we willing to receive? I try to run from you, God. And I try to run. And I try to hide, but my heart burns, it burns with your fire. And I try to run, oh, I try to run, and I try to hide, but my heart burns, it burns with your fire. Cause you have wounded me with your love And I'll never be the same again You have wounded me with your love And I'll never be the same again I'll try to run And I try to run Sing it out if that's you So na 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 na
would come down on us, Heavenly Father, as we're here tonight, Lord God. Lord, we invite your fire to come down on Elevate, Lord Jesus, and set us ablaze, Lord. Fires are not small, tiny things that are easily put out. Fires um, cause damage. Fires move and and they keep going and and it it keeps moving. And we pray, Lord God, that your fire would be here right now, Lord God. Not a little flame, Lord Jesus, but something that would be ablaze, Lord God. As, As it moves through a forest, we pray, Lord, that the fire would move in this place and would move in our lives, Lord God. That it would be unquenchable in this place tonight, Lord God. That these youth would be set on fire for you tonight, Lord God. That this would not just be another chorus to a song that they're singing, Lord Jesus, but tonight, Lord God, that they would set up, be set ablaze for you, Lord Jesus. That they would feel it, Lord God, from the tips of their toes, Lord God, to the top of their head, Lord God. That it would not be another night, Lord God, but your love would burn in them tonight, Lord God. That your love would change them tonight, Lord God. As we begin this series, For God So Loved, I pray, Lord God, that your love, Jesus, would move through this place, Lord God, like a fire that cannot be put out, Lord God, that no distractions can put it out, Lord God, that no attacks from the enemy would be able to put it out, Lord God, that no um, mediocrity can put it out, Lord God. But I pray, Lord Jesus, that this place would be on fire with your love tonight, on fire in the souls of these youth, Lord God, in the souls of these leaders, Lord God, that tonight would not be another elevate night that they come and they just hang out with their friends, Lord God, but they would encounter you, Lord Jesus, in a personal way tonight. I pray for each and every one of these youth that are here tonight, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would allow them to encounter your love, Lord God, personally tonight, Lord God. I pray that Nathan would encounter your love personally tonight. I pray for Xavier to encounter your love, Lord Jesus, and be set afire. I pray, Lord God, that Layla and Genesis would not leave the same, Lord Jesus. I pray that Kayla, Lord God, would be set on fire, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that Leilana, Lord God, that Aviana, Lord Jesus, would be set on fire. I pray for these youth personally, Lord God, not just as a group, Lord God. I want them, each and every one of them, Lord God, to feel your love tonight, Lord God, in a personal way, Lord God. That it wouldn't matter how they felt when they walked in the door. That it wouldn't matter how they felt during worship, Lord God. That it wouldn't matter what they were dealing with before they came here, Lord God. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that your loving fire would be set ablaze in them tonight, Lord God. In Terion, Lord God. In Jay tonight, Lord God. I pray, Jesus, for a personal encounter with you, Lord God, that would be undeniable, Lord God. An encounter that would change their lives, Lord God. That would change the way that they see you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, tonight, Lord Lord God, that they would encounter you, Lord God. We give you free reign in this place, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. Love these youth, Lord God. Let them experience you tonight, Lord Jesus, like never before, Lord God. We pray for a supernatural outpouring of love, Lord God. Love, Lord, that gift that you say is the greatest gift of all, Lord God, that they would experience your love, Lord God, and that your love, Lord Jesus, would cause change for the rest of their life. Lord God, have your way tonight, Lord God. Have your way in their lives, Lord God. Do something in them, Lord Jesus, that has never been done before, Lord God. We pray tonight, Lord God, that it would be done in their lives, Lord God, that they would walk away, Lord God, and never be the same again, Lord Jesus. That tonight would change their life, Lord God. Tonight that you would give them, Lord Jesus, 
a heart transplant, Lord God, that you would transplant your heart and your love into these youth tonight, Lord God, once and for all, Lord God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' name. What's up, what's up, what's up? Elevate! Elevate! What, what? All I hear is like Josie and Will right now. Is anybody else excited to be here at Elevate? Elevate! Elevate! See, I don't see Avi saying it, so I'm not convinced. Look, Avi ain't even paying attention. Elevate! There we go. Elevate! Amen, amen. We're here at Elevate. We're here every Friday night at 7 o'clock, and here we have a vision, and our vision is loving God and loving people. Amen. Who in here loves God? Raise your hand. You ain't even got to make noise. Raise your hand if you love God. And who in here loves people? Raise your hand. Ooh, amen. I got a lot of people who love God and love people. And then we have a strategy. We're going to connect you through our uh, life groups. We have the ambassadors. Oh, man, Shamal's out there gangbanging. Dang, Shamal, chill, man. And then we got the resistance. Oh, come on. We need some force in the ambassadors. That's not fair, man. But it's okay. We love all y'all. And then we're going to mentor you in our 101. That was like your cue to, like, get excited about 101. Amen. <laughs> Kayla's like, amen. And then we got our 201. Oh, TJ wasn't even as excited as he usually is. That's messed up. And then we're going to send you out to make disciples that make disciples. For our ultimate goal of 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. If you believe that, let me get an amen. Amen, amen. All right, guys, I want to tell you all about our worship experience that's coming up. February 17th, let's fall in love. Now you, can, now you can turn it up, yeah. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Who's excited for this? I want to uh, experience Jesus on a worship level, on a different level. Who in here loves to worship God? Who in here loves the worship time up here when they're singing to Jesus and love to sing songs to Jesus? Well, that's what this night is all about, falling in love with Jesus. Amen. And then we have our MPI Baptism Sunday, which is February 19th. Y'all can make some noise. We love Sundays here, too. We don't just love Fridays. We love Sundays. And if you guys want to get baptized, uh, you can talk to a 101, your 101 leader or elder or a deacon or somebody who's in leadership. And we'll get you baptized if you want to be baptized. Amen. We got two chances. We got 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Nah, it's okay. You can change it. And then we got our tithes and offerings. So if everybody could stand to their feet, who knows what a tithe is without looking. I go to you all the time, man. I go to somebody else. I goes. I got Lala. Lala looks all. Uh, go ahead. Ten percent of your total income. Ten percent of your total income. That's right. Even though she said it with like no energy, but that was right. So y'all can make some noise for her. And then we got our offering. Who knows what our offering is? Okay, Jojo. I seen your hand, and then Nathan's trying to put his hand down. Anything you give after your tithe. Anything you give after your tithe. Amen. Amen. I just want to point something out to you guys real quick. If y'all could look at Jojo and Nathan, they're both wearing flash shirts. That's pretty cute. 
Everybody say, aww. That's cute. <laughs> all right, and what's our example for today? What is 10% of 1,000 pesos? Oh, oh, Ezekiel's up in the building. Ezekiel said, hold up. Pesos, pesos. What's 10% of 1,000 pesos? Who knows? Raise your hand. Wait, I know I got some Mexican people in the building that know what, know what I'm talking about. Come on. You're Mexican, you don't know? That's sad. What? Avi knows? No, oh, Avi don't know. Avi, I'll be saying no. Oh, Yuli's already, you're already walking up here. You might as well. What is it, man? Is it 100,000? <laughs> is it 100? Is it 100? Is it 100 pesos? Is it 100 pesos? What? <laughs> 4,092 cents. Arriba! Is that, is that right? I, I, don't, I don't even understand what's going on here. Let's just pray. We're going to pray for Joby. Y'all know I'm just kidding. All right, everybody bow your heads. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you in this time, God. We thank you for the tithe. We thank you for the offering, God, and that it may all go to blessing your ministry and, your, and it would provide ministry supplies that are needed, God, so we can outreach and uh, snatch souls from, the, from hell and bring them, to the, bring them to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I pray that the message tonight, Lord, it would pierce hearts, God. It would, it would uh, change lives, God. And it would, it would do something that hasn't been done in these people's lives before, God. But it would show them the love of Jesus, the mercy of you, God. And I pray that you would just show up and show off. And it's in your mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Drop that. Elevate. You know, I'll be honest with you guys, right? It's, it's so hard to get excited with this song, man. How many people like this song? Right? We got like six people. You see what I'm talking about? We got, especially, we know you guys love this song. We know this. We know this, man. We got about five people that like this song. Is it cool? Where, who's saying that? Is it cool? Play it again. Play it again, man. Hold on. Play it again. I want to see something real fast. Let's go ahead. Play this again. All right. All right. All right. I'm just trying to see, like, who's bobbing their head and then, like, who's looking away like, oh, my goodness, they play this again. I am not going to be here another day, another week. And I, like, see, like, some people in the front row like, please stop this. Please stop the music. So I think we do need a change of music unless, huh? 
Uh, what, Lawrence, what do you think, man? Lawrence got thumbs down. All right, we're going to do this, right? Whoever wants to keep this song, I, I, I'm assuming he just made this my, like, introduction song, I guess, right? Like, just bogarted, right? Whoever wants to keep the song, say elevate. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on, though. Now, whoever don't want to keep the song, say what, what? Dude, we need a rematch. We need a rematch, dude. Hold on a second. Hold on. Whoever wants to keep the song, say elevate. Man. Dude, I felt that like in my, my bones, dude. All right? Here's the next one, right? Whoever wants to dismiss the song, put it on fire, whatever, right? Get it out, elevate. Say what, what? Okay, I don't know. I don't even know anymore. What? Okay. All right. All right. Oh, wait. Okay, this is going to be the tiebreaker. Kirsten, come up here for a second. Kirsten, come here, Kirsten, right? Give it up for Kirsten Elevate. Come on, somebody. Kirsten, you're going to be the tiebreaker. What do you think? Keep the Keeping the song, elevate, elevate, elevate. Come on, somebody. So I'm guessing I'm going to have to learn to love this song then. I'm going to have to learn to love this song. That's it. That's it. I'm sorry, guys. The law, his mom's spoken, dude. We cannot, we, after that, that's it. After that, they get out rocks and they stone people. I'm not for that. Okay, we're talking, this is the law's mom. We don't, deny, we don't go against that right there. But um, Elevate, I'm excited to be here today. Amen. How many people excited to be in Elevate today? Right? Some of you guys like, man, I could have been in the club, but it costs too much right now. And all this, you know what I mean? I could have been with Bay, but he left me. So I'm just going to go to Elevate. I accept that, man. I accept that because I believe God is going to rock you today and show you what love is and that it doesn't come from a club. It doesn't come from Bay. It could, the Bay part, not the love, not the club part. It could. But ultimately, if it's not coming from God, then nine times out of ten or majority of times, it ain't love at all. Matter of fact, it's not love if it's not coming from God. Let me just say that directly because God is Love. Let me try that again. You guys were sleeping a little bit. God is? He's love, man. He's love. And today, we're starting our sermon series. How many people like this slide right here? Give it up. All right? Let's give it up to our one and only Lawrence. The man got skills. Give it up for Lawrence. Okay, we can give honor where honor is due. God is good. I love it. Maybe to my look at it, just it brings, you know, little, little tingles in my heart. I like it. You know, it's just one of those things, right? Um, but today, we are starting our sermon series called for God so loved. And this, this series, I mean, last night I, w- I was telling the, uh, the leaders uh, in, our, in our leadership uh, team talk today that literally when I was putting this sermon together, man, I cried the whole time. I literally cried the whole time. My kids didn't even notice. They're over there doing their homework, thinking they're all smart and stuff. And I'm sitting there like, oh, no, Jesus. And I'm telling you, man, hearing the definition according to the one who is love. It's like I got saved last night again, like saved again and again, like born again and again. That happened last night. So I think I think just just even just just saying that 
if you haven't been born again again, man, you're missing out. I just got to say that. It's not in the Bible, right? That's just Steve stuff, right? But if you ain't been born again again, man, you're missing out, man, because this stuff is awesome. You know what I mean? To, to, to get to know God and have God speak to you and you speak to God, man, and every day you're falling in love with God more and more and more. It's like being born again, again, and again in his love. Amen? And God is good for that, man. And today's sermon is called That He Gave. Somebody say, That He Gave. Yes, man. If I can get this uh, the volume a little bit down on here, I already talk loud. If it wasn't for live, I would not use this. You guys know this, right? I would not use this if it was not live because I am so loud. I'm Puerto Rican. How many Puerto Ricans in the house? Right? There's a lot of Puerto Ricans in the house. Some of y'all ain't even Puerto Rican, man. Stop playing, man. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> right? What are the Mexicans in the house? Oh, they deep for real, yo. That's because you got the Warriors family coming in. They're like taking over this way, like, you know what I mean? But God is good, though, man. And, um, and today, man, we're going to talk about for God so loved that he gave. And see, we need to find out, before we could even get into all the little gushy stuff about love and, ooh, you know, this, that, and the other, and, you know, things like that, we need to first come to the definition of what is love. What is real, true, genuine love? And we need to know this because this day and age in our culture, we love everything. I love cereal. You know what I mean? My wife brought me pizza today. I love pizza. You know, like I love these things. I love y'all. You know what I mean? I love this shirt. I mean, love this shirt, right? It's not, it's not that tight today, right? It's, you know, shirt. But like, you know, I love my water bottle. You know what I mean? Chug life. We love everything. And the thing is, because we love everything and we use the word love, to such a degree and so just frequently and with everything that we kind of be appreciated and just remove what love really is and what love was supposed to be and what, what love conquered in this world. We lost that because we love everything now. We lose love for everything. Like, dude, I love the fact that this dude just punched him right in the face. And you're like, What? I love that. Like, man, dude, like, dude, that's some real love. I think it's so much love that I think it's hate, dude. Like, I can't even love anymore. You, like, just went over to hate. You know what I mean? Like, I just love violence. You're like, oh, my goodness. That's why I love Chicago, Chirac. And you're like, dude, that ain't love. That is not love. That is violence, dude. You know what I mean? But the thing is, we tend to use this word love so much that it just means absolutely nothing anymore. And because it means absolutely nothing and it doesn't have any meaning at all, we go out on an adventure as youth, as adults, you know, no matter what your age is, we go out on an adventure to find the thing called love, the real thing called love. And many of us, many of us, even no matter how old you are, many of us never find real love because we never came face to face with love. Let me say that again. We never find real love because we never came face to face with love. And when I say with love, I mean God himself because God is, God is love. And so therefore what happens is that we jump from one boyfriend to the other boyfriend to the other boyfriend to the other boyfriend, right? The, the, the wife jumps from one husband to another husband to another husband. The husband jumps from one wife to another wife to another wife. 
the girlfriend jumps from one boyfriend to the other boyfriend, and so and it just goes on from there, from one dog to the other dog, and it just goes on from there. And the reason is, is because we're looking for a thing called love. And because we never find it, we keep on looking for it, but we would never find it because we never allow ourselves to come face to face with the one who is love. We never allow God himself who is love because God is Right? We never allow God himself, who is love, created love, and displayed love in his ultimate fashion. We never allow that one, God Almighty, to define it for us. And the way he defines it is by actions. He defines love by actions. And see, the thing is, we look for those actions in, in fleshly human beings with bae and, and, you know what I mean, and, and dude over here and old girl over there. And we do all these other things or whatever. I'm in freshman, so I'm going to do this. And sophomore, we go here, you know, from there and in college and everything else. And we're looking for this thing. We never find it, though. We never find it. But what you do find is cheap imitations of it. And we think that cheap imitation is the real thing. And see, but it's not the real thing. And we're going to talk about that today. How many people want to hear what real love is? Amen. Come on, somebody. You can give it up. It's okay. We can clap. It's one of those churches we clap, right? We don't do like, shut up. We don't clap. You're rude. We do. We clap. We shout. We do all that. Amen. Let us pray before we go on. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, I thank you for your love, God. It was your love, God, that saved my life. And sometimes, God, we, we look at your love, God, and we, we think about the whole world. And yes, yes, God, you love the whole world. And we tend to forget about the one in the mirror, God, that God loves the whole world. Yes, but he loves you. You loved me, God. You loved me when I was in a prison cell, God. You loved me, God, when I had no hope, when I was an ultimate sinner. You loved me, God. And you would whisper it to me, I love you. I love you. I love you. And God, I pray that today, God, your love, Lord God, will be spoken today, will be shown today, God, that in every ear and every mind and every heart, Lord God, and every soul and every spirit represented here, God, will hear your love, will see your love, will have the definition of what real love is. And from this day forward, God, they will be on a mission to accept and experience your love. And when they have done that, to be able to love you in return and to love others just as you have loved us. God, I pray that your will be done today, God. Have your way, Father. Speak mightily, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Praise God. And give it up for Jesus Christ. Let's drink a little water. How many people like this? Y'all liking it, right? Y'all think it says thug life. Look at my son's like, dude, thug life right there. Throwing up gang signs for rebuking. So, Today, right now, I want to just—I just want to ask just simple questions, and I want you guys, as I'm thinking about these questions, to think about when you experience these kind of things, right? For those of you guys who had boyfriends before, girlfriends, raise your hand, right? Right? Look at my kids. We're like, we're not doing that at all. That's a setup. That is a setup. By the time we get home, we're getting spanked, whooped. We want questions. That's it. They're interrogating. But keeping it real, it's okay. We're not going to throw stones and like that. Let's be real. How many of us have been in a relationship and we thought it was love? Raise your hand. Be scared, right? We got little people. My daughter's finally raised her hand. She's keeping it real. Angel right here. I'm telling her mom when I get home. So, I mean, things are happening, right? But people have experienced this love, okay, or, or a thing that we thought was love. And so the question is, what is love? Is it a feeling? 
Is it butterflies in your stomach? Ooh, you remember looking at Nathan like, dude, I felt that yesterday. No, dude, take it easy. Let me finish, okay? Is it the heat that you feel on your chest when that special someone comes around? Now, that special someone may be somebody you're not even dating, but when you look at him, you're like, I'm in love with that person right there. I don't know. I know they got all Fs right now. They may get kicked out of school tomorrow, but it's okay. I love them, all right? I just feel it on my chest. It's just a warm feeling on my chest. Is it that overwhelming feeling when you hug that special person, right? That half smile when that person looks at you with eyes full of desire and compassion. I do that with my wife. Where's she at? She knows that. I'm like, girl, you won't even know. You won't even know how much I love you. And I give her the half smile. She's like, oh, I love him. Right? She gets that. Only her. She gets that. So is it that half smile that we talked about, right? Is it the thoughts that run through our mind of that person throughout the day? You can't do your homework. You can't work in school because you're thinking about that person like, oh, I wonder if he's wearing his Jordans today. You know, I wonder if he got his little swag. He was supposed to get a haircut tomorrow, you know, yesterday. Supposed to get that young lining in the front. I don't know. All right? Is it that longing to be with that person? Man, I can't wait to see that person. Is it the missing that, that is it missing? Is it the missing that person when they are away or when you haven't seen or spoken with that person for a period of time? You guys know what I'm talking about. You talk to that person, it's about three o'clock in the morning for all, you know, older people here, right? All night you're talking to this person, like, man, I love this person. We don't even talk about nothing. We spent three hours talking about socks, and it was just awesome. It was just cool. You know what I mean? We talked about my bungees and stuff, and it was like love, you know? Is it after having an argument and yet cannot help but want to forgive and still embrace that person? Is it that? It's like, man, oh, man, I could be so mad at you, but, man, I so love you, man. Come over here. Let me give you a hug. Let me give you a kiss. I do that with my wife all the time when she irks me really bad. And I want to choke her out. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> nah. But it's like I show her love after. I forgive her. Right? Is that what love is? Is it all these things? And the answer, it is all of that and yet none of that in the end of the day. The answer, it is all of that and yet none of that in the end of the day. To answer the question of what, it, what is love, we must first look at the one who is love and where true love comes from. The world has distorted love and minimized love to a feeling that one feels within the flesh that arouses the senses. That's what the love, the world has defined love. As they distort it and minimize it to a feeling that one feels within the flesh that arouses the senses. The Webster Dictionary defines love as a feeling of strong or, con or constant affection for a person. It goes on to say, attraction that includes sexual desire. The strong affection felt by people who have a romantic relationship. All feelings, all sexual, all romantic. That is the definition according to this world. But how is love defined by the one who created it, displays it always, and who is love literally? That is the kind of love I want to know about. That is the kind of love I want to talk about today. If you guys can open up your Bibles to the most famous scripture in all the world and at all times, what is that scripture? Please do. How many people have confidence right now if I say that on the count of three can quote that scripture the whole way through? Right? 
I mean that scripture, though. Don't be quoting Jay-Z and stuff, Lil Wayne and, you know what I mean, Little Lady Gaga from the Super Bowl. I mean John 3.16 in the Bible, right? We're going to do this right now on the count of three. One, two, three. Pray for our DJ, okay? We're trying to do something. We're trying to go places here, all right? You got to take it down, please. Please take the scripture down. They're trying to memorize this stuff. Now y'all got, if y'all don't get it now, something's wrong. All right, something's wrong because it was up there. It's a little hint. One, two, three. For God so loved the world. That's awesome, man. Give it up for yourselves, man. God is good, man. We had, like, people over here that never even been to church knew the scripture. You know what I mean? They're like, dude, I know this one. I heard this back in Sunday school. I know this stuff. So the thing is, we all know this verse. We know what it says. We heard it all the time. We hear it on evangelism. We hear preachers talk about it. You turn on 90.1. You hear, you hear, you know, for God so loved the world and all these other things. We hear John 3.16. Pretty, we're going to hear it for the rest of our lives. But do we really know? what it means. Do we really know why the Bible even stated it? Do we know where it came from or what it was trying to imply? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? And see, that is the thing that I'm talking about. We can memorize a scripture that talks about the divine love, the agape love, right? a God-like love. We can quote the scripture, the main scripture, but do we really know what it means? And see, that's what I want to talk about today. Because we live in a world that grabs love and distorts it and makes it about sex. And so, therefore, we think in order to love somebody or for that person to love us, we must give them sex or they must give us sex. And so we give up some, one of the most precious things that God can ever give us in our virginity because we think giving it up is what is ultimate love and is a lie. It's a lie from the devil. Because that is not ultimate love. Love, matter of fact, doesn't even, it's not even all about the sexual aspect of it. Because that comes between your husband and wife. It's not even supposed to come outside of that according to the Bible. But yet we think real love is, if I do something sexually with this individual, whatever capacity it is, it's going to show him that I love him and that I accept his love for me. But in reality, that is not love at all. It is a false mirage. It is a distorted version of what love truly is. And that is the reality of it. And some of us here have our head down like, man, why did I do that? Afterwards, you regretted it because you knew once that dude left after he got what he wanted, he showed you that it wasn't love at all. And he left you empty. He left you void because you no longer now have your virginity. You no longer can call yourself pure in that nature because you gave it up for a thing called love, and it wasn't love at all. God have mercy. But this is what the enemy desires to do. You see, when it, when it comes down to love, the world would be quick to try to define it as a feeling, as some kind of emotion and sexual pleasure between one man and a, and a girl, or between one man and another man, or between one girl and another girl, and none of it's right. None of it. Because outside of the marriage between a man and a woman, it is not love at all. It is lust. And see, there's a thin line between love and lust. Because they can be similar if you're deceived to believe that they are the same, but they are not. 
Because the thing is, the very thing that we call love is actually lust. And you would know that because after a week or two has passed by, that same person that you had those butterflies for, the same person that you thought about, once that thing goes away, you no longer love that person. And guess what you're looking for? The next person who you think got love for you or you may have love for them. And you realize it wasn't love at all. It was lust. And some of us really don't even come to realize that. And so, therefore, we jump from one person to the other person. And you have marriages at an all-time low right now, whether in the church and outside the church, because those individuals have not come to know what real love is. They only went as far as it's a feeling. It's a feeling that I feel. It's these butterflies I got when I met them and looked into their eyes, and it was like, ooh, I can't help it. I got to marry them. I love them. Oh, yes, yes. And then after that, when a year or two goes by of just arguing and things like that, guess what happens? The individual wakes up, looks at the other person, and says, you know, I don't love you anymore. And you're like, what do you mean you don't love me no more? I gave you my virginity, man. We live together. We're doing all these other things. We have kids together. Yeah, I know, but I just don't feel it anymore. I just don't get those butterflies anymore. I just don't get that longing to be with you anymore. I don't get that, that, that heat on my chest. Or when you hug me, I don't get that feeling that it's like, oh, man, it feels so warm. I have no, no, no worries at all. I'm, just, I'm safe right here. I don't have that feeling anymore. And so, therefore, we associate love and its definition with a feeling when it's none of that. At all. Well, it is that, but yet none of that at all. And so what happens when we go into this chapter, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Love. Love. For God so loved the world that he gave. That is what love. The first action that we see in this verse is that for God so loved the world, right after that, the next thing that comes is that he gave. He gave. God gave. And see, in order for us to understand this context and where it's coming from, Jesus was talking about something that was so profound. Something that was so deep that if we don't look into the context of the chapter, what was going on and who he was talking to, we will miss how great the love of God is. And so, therefore, I got to go back and explain this to you guys or read it to you guys. Look at what's happening here. Verse 1. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus. Somebody say Nicodemus. Who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if they were not from him or not with him. Jesus replied, look at the next reply from Jesus, from this Pharisee, who, a Pharisee who was a religious person. They lived religiously. They lived religiously to such a degree they would be almost considered perfect in our society. These men were like perfect in their society as far as an outward experience or an outward visual of their lives. They were perfect. And this religious person came to Jesus Christ by night and asking or telling Jesus what, he was, what, what was his perspective toward Jesus Christ. And right after that, Jesus disregards all that stuff. And in verse 3, he tells him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Born again. What born again means is that you are alive then from the inside out. 
You confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You believe in his sacrifice. You believe that he is the Messiah, the one to come, who will stand in your place and die on the cross for your sins and my sins and be resurrected on the third day. To believe in Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we confess that with our mouth and believe in our heart. The Bible says we become born again from the inside out. We no longer want to do what we want to do. We now want to do what God wants to do. We turn from our way, Steve, Steve Avenue, to Jesus Avenue, and we start going down Jesus Street. That is what being born again is. It's repenting of your sins, trusting in God, believing in his sacrifice, and allowing him to make you alive from the inside out to now crave what he craves. And, how, and then the response of the Pharisees says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. He started thinking irrational, just like crazy stuff. Like, dude, I'm a grown man. I'm old, man. Like, you mean to tell me I got to jump right back into my mom's, you know, stomach? Right into the stomach. Right there. Stomach. That's what he said in response. Like, dude, what? Jesus answered him, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. And basically what he's talking about is the difference between, you know, our earthly, uh, our earthly birth and our spiritual birth. Where you, did you control uh, your mom when she gave birth to you? Like, mama, you're going to choose me. I'm right here, you choose me, you give birth to me. You had, no, you had no control over that. And it's the same thing with the Spirit of God. You cannot control that. He was trying to tell Nicodemus something. That the control was not in his hands. It was in God's hands. It was God's decision. God's doing. God's sovereignty. God's ability. And so he said, he said, give birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You cannot control it. You cannot control the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to give Nicodemus a message because Nicodemus thought he was so close to the kingdom of heaven that they were going to let him in. If he died, he was going straight to heaven, so he thought. But Jesus Christ was giving him a reality. And he said, you, you don't know. He didn't know, but you are so far. From the kingdom of heaven. You think because you control your religious habits, that you control your religiosity, that you think you because you can you keep the Ten Commandments and all these other things, that you have control of coming into it or entering into the kingdom of heaven. And he gave him a reality check and he says, No, you don't control it just like you didn't control with your mom giving birth to you. You don't control being born again, control the spirit. The same way. There is no control. You have no control of what's going on and what God wants to do. And he was giving them the gospel that was already de declared in heaven itself. And so he responded. And he says, how can this be? Nicodemus answered. Jesus, you know, real sassy or whatever. You are Israel's teacher. And do you not understand these things? Meaning you're teaching other people these things? The laws, the commandments, but yet you as a teacher of Israel? Don't understand what I'm talking about? You have no idea what the love of God is? You have no idea. And he's telling him, he's talking to him like this. And he says, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not, even, you do not believe. How then 
Will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? And he's talking about the difference. Obviously, he's explanatory. He says, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. He's telling Nicodemus, dude, you know of the commandments. You know of your religiosity. You know of all these other things. But yet, you do not know what's going on in heaven. You think you know, but you don't know. But the one who has came from heaven down to earth knows these things. And that was Jesus himself, the Son of Man. He is the Son of God, heaven, Son of Man here on earth. Just as Moses, check this out, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. What he was talking about, Jesus, the best preacher in the world, was talking to a religious person, and he gave the example of what happened in Moses in the wilderness. People were dying all over the place. Israelites were being killed because they were sinful and rebellious against God. They were being killed and bitten by these snakes that came up from the ground and started to bite them. So God told Moses, grab one of those snakes, put it on a spike, and raise it up. And everybody who looks up to the snake and believes, they will be healed. And so everybody, when he did that, everybody, whoever looked that up and trusted God for healing and believed in God and what God was able to do and heal their lives, they were healed right there in that instantly while everybody else around them died. And Jesus said, just as that, the Son of Man must be lifted up. In verse 15, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him, in Jesus. And then that verse comes after that. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God, God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And I want to break this down to you guys, man. Here we go. We have Nicodemus, a very religious man up to this point, was now doubting his religiosity when Jesus came on the scene. Before that time, he thought he was okay. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. I'm a religious person. I keep the commandments. I do all that was good. I'm in love with the commandments. I love my religion. I love my, my, my nationality. I love these things. And then it says, in the dark, he went to go meet and speak with Jesus. And he left and left a man in a relationship with the one called love. And no longer with an empty love based on religion. He was changed by the one called love and changed by the revelation of God's love, not God's commandments. And see, we need to understand what's going on in this picture because many of us are looking for love in all the wrong places. Many of us assume to think that we know what love is, but you do not know what love is unless you come and talk or meet the one who is love. And so all the way up to this point, Nicodemus thought he knew what the love of God was. He thought he knew what the plans of God was. It was to keep his commandments, to love his commandments with everything, to, to love my religion, to love my nationality. But yet when he came up to the one who was love, he realized he didn't know what love was at all. And then Jesus told him, or you are, John writes it in here, for God so loved the world that he gave. And see, right here it says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now, here it is. God gave us his best. 
You see, now he starts explaining what love is through John 3, 16. That for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Did he give his third son? Did he give his fourth son, his second son? No. He gave his one and only son. One and only son. He didn't have a second one, a little backup plan. Well, look, you can have little Jojo right here. I got Lana over here. You can have this little dude. He on some craziness, take him, do what you will. I got Lala over here. I'm going to raise her up. No, God didn't have that. Joe's like, dude, you traitor. Why didn't you give up Lala first? No. The whole thing is God gave up his one and only son to define what real love is. See, for us, we think love is a feeling, but once that feeling is gone, what do you have left? Nothing. Nothing. You have emptiness left. And so, therefore, God is showing us, the God the Father is showing us what love is by giving us his one and only son, giving us his best. We see between Jesus and Nicodemus that there was a battle between religion and religion versus love relationship. In John 3, 14, it says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up. And what he was trying to tell Nicodemus was that for God so loved the world. That when he looked at the world, he realized that the world was hopeless. The world was filled with sin. And just like the example he gave us with Moses being lifted up, if you can go to that verse, John 3, 14. Moses, being, he lifted up that, that, that snake or whatever. What happened was that these people were dying, they were sick, and it needed to be healed. And what God is saying right here through his son, Jesus Christ, is that the world, people here in Elevate, the rest of the world, we are sick and we need healing. They were bitten by snakes that gave poison that ran through their blood and they needed healing. We were bit by the snake that gave us sin into our blood and now we need healing. There is no other way. And so, therefore, we get a definition, a first definition of love, and it's the fact that he gave. And with this word gave comes two things. In order to give something, you first have to make a choice to give it. That's the first thing. You need to make a choice. So, therefore, love is a choice. It's not a feeling. It is a choice. Yes, feelings come. You're like, ooh, ooh, ah, ee. You know, all these other habits, butterflies, when all that comes. But ultimately, when that's gone, you still have a choice. And after that choice comes the ability to give, and that is sacrificially. You see, I can give you my third, my fourth son. I'm not saying I will, because I won't. I'm not God. He needs to help me with that. Like, I couldn't just do that. Like, dude, take, take my daughter. Save destiny. Take my daughter. I can't do that. I'm like, God, look, skip that. Make destiny my daughter, and we'll just, I'll just keep them all. I'll keep them all. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to kill none of them. I'll adopt her. You know what I mean? That's my thinking, right? But God is like, no, I'm going to send my only son to show the world what love really is, that love is a choice, and after that, it is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. But it is a sacrifice of, 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 of your plenty? No. It is a sacrifice of something that has ultimate value and meaning. And so, therefore, when we're out here looking for love in the opposite sex or some of you guys in the same sex, whatever it is, you're doing it the wrong way because you're trying to do something, expecting something in return. It's a wrong definition of love because God right here says he gave. He gave us his best. 
And he showed that what was going on between religion versus love relationship. Nicodemus was a religious man who never knew anything about a love relationship with God Almighty. He knew the commandments, but he didn't know about the relationship. He knew about religion, but he didn't know about relationship. And so what, what is God showing us here? See, many of us have fell in love with Christianity. Many of us have fell in love with the commandments, or at least we're trying to. We fell in love, or we're trying to fall in love with a religiosity, with religion. And the only thing that you're getting is you're getting the knowledge of the fact of, I can't do none of these things. I keep falling. I try to be religious enough, and I can't. I try to keep the commandments, and I can't. And so what happened is you keep on tripping and, and, and falling everywhere, and you fall on the ground. And what happens is that you're expecting, while, while you're on the ground, you're laying there, there's glitter right here, right? So when I get up, baby, there's glitter here, okay? <laughs> Not explain. You're laying here. Check this out. You're laying here. You fell, okay? You fell. You broke a commandment. Now you're in sin. And what happens is that the enemy keeps you down here. You know why? Because when you're trying to fall in love with commandments, religiosity, or even Christianity itself, all you get in return is judgment and condemnation. And when you get judgment and condemnation, you don't get the love of God, or so you think. And then you start saying things in your mind. You start believing things that God doesn't love me anymore. God doesn't love me anymore. I tried that Christianity stuff. I try to be as good as I can. I try to keep the commandments. Just like Nicodemus did. I try to do these things. I've been doing it all my life. I know it, everything like the back of my hand. I do it all perfectly. And when he came up to Jesus as a religious man looking at love, he tripped and fell right in front of Jesus. And this time, he had love pick him up. And he said, Nicodemus, you need to understand, just like the rest of the world, that for God so loved the world that he looked at you. And he said, they're, they're hopeless they have no way of saving themselves. They have no way of keeping these commandments. They have no way of healing themselves. And so therefore, they, have no, they don't even love each other anymore. They have no real essence of love or what love is. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to step into the world and show the world that I love the world so much that I will give my one and only son who would reach down into the depths of our sickness of sin and death, who would reach down in his, with his own hands into the muck and the miry clay of sin and death. And he will lift us up, not because we earned it, not because we deserved it, but because he loves us. He loves us. You see, I got saved in the county jail in a cell. I felt no love. No love from nobody. But then there was this man who came into my cell, and he saved my life, and he said he loves me. I didn't earn it. I was a criminal. I was a murderer. I was all these things. And Jesus had to tell me, son, I love the world so much that I gave my son for the world so they can be saved because they can never save themselves. I was not able to save myself. But God saved me. And some of you guys in this room, you've been tripping over sin. 
You've been finding yourself just as religious as you can be, trying to keep these rules and regulations. You're trying to fall in love with Christianity or the idea itself without realizing you're not to fall in love with Christianity. You're, you're to fall in love with Christ himself. And some of you need to know that Jesus is telling you today, I love you. He's tr- thank you. He's trying to tell a kid like Victor, I love you. Isis, I love you. Genesis, I love you. I love you. Ashley, I love you. Aviana, I love you. I love you. I love you. The Warrior Sisters, I love you. And see, see, many of us, we say in return, and we say, no, God, but I'm not worth, I'm not worth loving. I can't do this stuff. I'm always sinning against you. I'm always doing these things. And yet he still looks at you and says, but I still love you. But I still love you. And I loved you so much that I gave my only son to die and be butchered on a cross for you, for me. Because I love you. The Bible says in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Love is a choice. It is a sacrifice that one, for, for the one or ones you love. It is a choice and it is a sacrifice. It's not some bootleg feeling that comes and goes whenever it wants to because that's what feelings do. I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. There's times I wake up and I don't feel like loving my wife. I wake up and I'm like, she's snoring like a mountain lion sometimes. Breath stinking in the morning and stuff just like mine. All these things going on. And you wake up and it's like, man, I had to sleep good. Now I got to deal with this girl. She's rolling over. She kicked me once in the middle of the night. I don't feel like loving this girl right now. So what do I do? I'm out of here. I'm gone. No. I'm getting a divorce. No. Right there and then I operate in real love. Real love. And even though I don't feel like loving you right now, baby, I choose to love you. Let me hug you. Let me give you a kiss. Let's go have some baby. Not as <laughs> but the thing is, this is what goes on. This is what goes on. And so, therefore, my wife can drive me nuts. She can, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I got no hair. Think about this. Put the pieces together, okay? This didn't just happen overnight, okay? Been with my wife almost 10 years. Praise God. Right? In March, it will make 10 years. Right? In March or when? May. In May, it will make 10 years. Praise the Lord. 10 years with my wife. You guys can clap for that. It's okay. Clap for love. Right? But listen, though. I got what I had hair. 10 years later, I got no hair. Okay? It's been rough. It's been rough for a brother. <laughs> but the thing is, though, right, I can be bitter and say, man, woman, you done took every piece of hair I had, every strand of hair. And for that, I don't feel like loving you. I'm not going to love you no more. But no, real love is a choice. And you could get me mad. You could irk me. You can do whatever you want to do with me. But I'm going to choose to love you for the rest of my life. And see, after that choosing comes sacrifice. Man, babe, I lost my job. How are we going to do it? You're going to be the only one working. What you do? You just run? Man, girl, you ain't got no money. You ain't got no, you scrub at night without nut. That's what the world does, right? Right, you ain't got no money. That's says, I'm gone, deuces. You know what I mean? They done took your car. I'm out this piece now. I like that car, you know what I mean? But nonetheless, right there, you sacrifice. Say, baby, you know what? I still love you, and we're going to make it. I'm going to work some extra hours, and we're going to do what we got to do. I'm going to work hard. We're going to do what we got to do. 
That is love. That is love. It is choice. It is sacrifice. And see, we need to see and hear and know the love of Jesus Christ because that is real love. I learned this, how to love my wife by choice and by sacrifice because I had to learn what love was by Jesus Christ's choice and his sacrifice on the cross for me. I had to learn that. We have to learn that. And so the next one is God so loved the world that whoever believes in him, his love incorporates everyone. Somebody say his love is about, is, is toward me. His love is toward me. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at you guys. His love, okay? God loves me. We'll make it even simpler. God loves me. All right? Now let's make it even more personal. Well, I don't think we can, right? Since God loves me, right? I know. I am loved by God. Just say it. It's okay. Go ahead and say it. All right? Now this time, close your eyes. Think about God. And think about where you were at when God came into your life. Were you crying? Was your heart broken? Was your parents going having fights and arguments? Did they have a divorce? Were you facing the most challenging problem in your life? Where were you at when God loved you? Think about it. And even now, where are you at now? Think about it. Whatever you're going through, think about that right now. Think about the sin you just did before Elevate. Think about the sin you just did yesterday. And after thinking about that, make it real serious, get real, make it real personal, get real serious. And say, I am loved by God. All right, we got three people. Let's get some more people doing this. Let's repeat after me. I am loved by God. All right, one more time. I am loved by God. And lastly, God loves me. Right? Because that's what we mean. We need to understand. We need to know. Because if we think that God doesn't love us, we will go out and be content with the artificial love that the world gives. And that love only leaves you empty. And so, therefore, God so loved the world that the Bible says, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in Jesus, it incorporates everyone. It's not just a belief that Jesus is God, but it's a belief that trust in Jesus to save us from sin and eternal death. A trust that God so loved us to save us. John 3.15 says that everyone who believes may have eternal life. John 3.36 says whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. See, some of us find ourselves in circumstances and situations that we think, I cannot be the whoever. I am not worth that. I am a sinner. I'm this. I'm that. And we think that God doesn't love us. But I come to tell you today that God loves you. He loves you. And he doesn't stop loving you because you are sinning. He doesn't stop loving you because you have made mistakes. He hates your sin. Don't get it twisted. He hates your sin and desires you to obey his commandments. But he still continues on loving you. He loves you. He loves me. And it's whoever believes in him, whoever believes the fact that God loves you, that God loves me. 
will be saved, believe in the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his life to die for us. And we believe that he loved us so much that he sacrificed himself so that I can live. So that I can live. That is the belief he's talking about. It's a belief that incorporates action. It's a belief that one stands up and says, God, I choose to accept your sacrifice. I recognize and I accept your love. And therefore, now I'm able to love you in return and love everyone else. It is the love of God. And the other one is God so loved the world that he gives us eternal life. We no longer are dead in our sins, but are alive through Jesus Christ. You see, some of us, man, we're looking for love, and it doesn't bring us life, this artificial love in this world. We get with old Jesse, and, or you know what I mean, or whoever the dude's name is, Mark, Pedro, whatever's the Akbar, whatever his little name is, right? These days, y'all got some crazy old names, let's be honest with you, right? Aaron, whatever, right? All these other things, we, we go on ahead, and we try to get love from this individual, but because it's artificial love, it's only for a temporary time you feel like you're alive, but only to come to find out that in the end, after he does what he does, and, and it breaks up, and the feelings are all gone, you actually feel more dead than what you were when you started with that person. And therefore, that, that love, you can recognize that it's not real love because it never came to bring life. And never gave you life. And never regenerated your soul, your spirit, your, your heart. And never did none of that stuff. But when we come to God and recognize what real love is, and as he defines it, he says, my love gives you life. And it gives you life everlasting. We don't no longer have to fear what's going to happen. We don't longer have to fear death. We no longer have to, to fear anything of this world. Because we know the love of God has given us eternal life. See, the love of this world, it doesn't cast out fear. Actually, the love of this world brings fear. Because after that, you wonder why you keep searching through that person's phone, trying to find out if he's cheating on you. You wonder why you got to keep stalking him on Facebook. You wonder why you're always scared and worried. Is he going to cheat on me? Am I good enough for him? Let me fix my hair. Let me do this. Let me make sure I got this fade. Man, I got this pimp on my nose. It's like right in the middle of my nose. What am I going to do? He's not going to love me no more. She's not going to. We think about the stupidest things. We're afraid of everything. And that right there is not real love. Because love, according to the Bible, casts out fear. There's no fear with the love of God. It don't matter what kind of acne you got on your face. It don't matter what you have done. It don't matter who you were in the past. It don't make a difference. God still loves you. And he still loves me. And he gives us everlasting life. He removes the fear. And so, therefore, we can accept the love of God without reservation. We can accept the love of God and trust it and believe in God without a fear. Because God's love is no strings attached. It doesn't matter how broke we get. It don't matter how ugly we get. It don't matter how fat we get, how skinny we get. It don't make a difference. God still loves us with everything right now. And we need, to, we need to recognize that. God loves us right now with everything. He will not love you more tomorrow. He will not love you more next year. No, he loves you with everything right now. You see, when I was locked up and God saved my life, I know that God knew Right? Later on, I'm looking back, right? That God loved me so much, and he knew all the drama and the bad stuff I was going to do even afterwards. 
But yet he still chose to love me that day. He still chose to marry me that day and say, does it matter? I know all the mistakes you're going to ever make in your life. And yet right now, if you choose to believe in me, I will give you my love and I will show you my love. And I will come on one accord and make you one with me no matter what. And right there and there, I'm going to tell you guys something. Right there and there, God knows what he's getting into when he loves you. He knows your disobedience. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows what you're going to do tonight. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows all those moments when he tells you to speak up for him and you don't, and yet he still loves you. And yet he still loves me. And see, that is a love that removes all fear and it gives us everlasting life that we no longer are dead in our sins but are alive through Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, 9 says, By this love, by this the love of God was manifested, able to be seen. Manifested means able to be seen, clearly shown or visible in us that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Ephesians 2, 4 says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, verse 5, will we all stand up? Verse 5 says, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions or dead in our sins. It is by grace you have been saved. See, when God was talking to Nicodemus, just like he was talking to us, he had to show Nicodemus that your religion is not saving you and can never save you. But my sacrifice, my love can save you. My love can reach down into and through your religiosity and change your life. And see, that day a religious man became a relational man with God Almighty, with the one who is love. And see, he was no longer in love with a commandment. He was now in love with the one who gave the commandments. He was in love with Jesus because he met the one who is love that day, or that night, I should say, when he went out to go see Jesus. If I can get Stephanie up here. And see, I have this question right here for you guys, a couple of questions and some answers. And it says, have you accepted the love of God? Have you accepted the love of God? You see, that's what had me going last night, man, when I asked myself that question. Have I accepted the love of God? And have I accepted fully knowing, fully understanding what God's love meant to me or what God's love meant to the world? You see, I don't know about you guys. A lot of us come to church and we fake the funk like, like we're living some really good holy lives. Like, man, dude, I'm good, man. I don't need the love of God. I'm decent, man. I'm, I'm doing good. And we come to church and it's like we really don't understand why we're even coming to church, let alone understand the love of God Almighty and what it all meant, what it took to love a people like us. Now think about all the bad you have done. Think about that. And all the bad that you're probably yet to do. But yet and still, God loved you. The Bible says, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Another part, another scripture says, while we were enemies of God, God died for us. And God still loved us. 
while we were enemies, he did this for us. How much more would he love us if we become his children, as some of us are? You see, we need to stop looking at religiosity. We need to stop looking at Christianity. We need to stop looking at commandments as though these things are going to love us in return. No, we need to look to Jesus Christ. The one who was hung on that tree, the one who was hung on that cross and died for our sins, and that day, love won. It wasn't a day that they passed homosexuality and all this nonsense. The love won on the day that Jesus Christ breathed his last on the cross of Calvary for your life, for my life. Wow, we were his enemies. Wow, we were his sinners. He died for us, and he loved us. You see, I want to ask you guys, have you accepted the true love of God? Do you understand it now? What God, what it took for God to love us and the state in which we were as human beings, as a human race, sinful, wicked, evil. And yet he said, I love them so much, I'm going to send my only son to step into that world and to take their place on the cross and die for them. So they can know how much I love them. And by that love, they will be obedient to me. Because real love, the love of God, the Bible says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, when we love God, we will begin to do that which we couldn't do before we love God. And that is obey God. And some of us were having a hard trouble obeying God. And if you all, you go right back to the love. And you ask yourself, do I really love God? Or even better, have I accepted the love of God in my heart, in my life? That would answer many of those questions of why you're not obedient to God. Because you haven't grasped, you haven't received, you haven't accepted the pure love of God. So if not, if you have not accepted the love of God, he is here to tell you and has shown you through his son Jesus Christ that he loves you. And is asking you, he is asking you, he is asking you, he's asking you, he's asking you that you believe and trust me, that I love you and desire to and desire to save you. That is what God is asking us. Would you believe and trust God today? That he loves you and desire to save you. If everybody can close their eyes and bow their head. Tonight we talked about the love of God. And I want you guys to ask yourselves, is the love of God in your heart? Have you accepted the love of God in your life? That same love that will give you eternal life? That same love that will forgive you of your sins no matter what you have done? Have you accepted that? You may be already saved and confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but yet you're having issues. It's hard to obey God. And I'm telling you, if you look at it, it all comes down to the lack of love. And if that is you today and God has been speaking to your life today, I want to invite you guys up to this front. And let's pray together. Because I don't know about you guys, man, but without the love of God, according to the Bible, I'm nothing. I'm not even saved without the love of God. 
It is his love that went to the cross. It is his love that saved me and saved you. It is his love that makes you alive again. It is his real love that gives you eternal life. Would you accept it today? Would you accept it today? I want you guys to hear this song that Stephanie sings. It's called Pieces. And it's just letting us know that God doesn't love us just with little pieces of his heart or, or, or a little something here, a little something there. He loves us with his everything. Amen. God has been speaking to you and if he has shown you his love if he has given you the definition of his love and you know that you haven't been partaking in that love you haven't accepted that kind of love you thought love was a feeling you thought it was about butterflies in your stomach about giving up your sexuality about giving up your virginity or whatever it is that that false love calls you to do and the only thing you got in return was a life that feels more dead you got a broken heart out of it. You got a mind that's oppressed with insecurities and you think you're not beautiful enough. You think you're not good enough. God is saying you are beautiful. God is saying he loves you. 
God is saying he accepts you by the blood of Jesus Christ. He created you in his image, in his likeness. He said you don't have to be afraid to come up to him because he's not going to push you away. He said he would accept you through his love and by his grace, through the faith and belief you have in him. And if that is you, I invite you to come up to the front. If you need your heart mended, come up to the front. If you had this kind of bootleg love that you allowed in your life and all it did, all it did was destroy you and messed your mind up and messed your heart up and gave you this false sense of identity, this false sense of love, then you need to come up here and let God give you real love. Let God mend your heart. Let him speak to you of how he loves you. Let him tell you how beautiful you are, how precious you are in his sight. Let him tell you how much of a princess you are, how much of a prince you are. But you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be insecure. God has true love, pure love. Will you accept it today? Will you let love, will you let God love you the way only he can? Say, I need that love. I need that love. I want that love. I couldn't do without that love. I couldn't make it this far without that love. There was a time I wanted to kill myself because I didn't feel real love. And it was his love that held me back. It was his love that kept me going. It was his love when I was looking at 40 years in the penitentiary. It was his love that didn't allow me to give up. It was his love that gave me purpose. It was his love that mended me. That it didn't make a difference where I was at. It didn't make a difference what cell you can put me in, how many doors you can shut in front of me. God loved me, and because of that, I was free. I was free to be loved, and I was free to love the way God created me to be. Are you free today? Are you free to be you the way God made you to be? Are you still afraid for the next man, how they're going to look at you? What they're going to say about you? That ain't real love. But when you accept God's love, when you embrace the one who is love, none of that stuff matters. They can talk about you. They can mess with you. They can do whatever to you. It don't make a difference because you know you're loved by the king. You know you're loved by your heavenly father. Will you allow him to love you today? Will you allow him to take away the insecurity? Will you allow him to love you so that you can love again for real. Not bootleg love. Real love. Love that is a choice. Love that is a sacrifice. And for everybody here that is saved, how are you responding to the love of God? Because see, real love is a choice. Real love is a sacrifice. Are you choosing to deny yourself in order for you to sacrifice so you can preach to your parents? So you can tell your brother, your sister the real truth, your mother, your father the real truth about Jesus Christ and real love? 
Because that is the ultimate response of God's love. When he loves you and you love him in return, you want to love somebody else by telling him what real love is and who he is. And he's Jesus. I don't know what that boy did to you. I don't know what that little girl did to you. I don't know what they did to your heart. I don't know what they did to your mind. But I know somebody that can heal you. I know somebody that will love you, every piece of you, every part of you, every inch of you, every breath of you. And it's Jesus Christ. It's real love. Get real love today. Amen. Real love. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your love, God. For you so loved the world, God, that you gave your very best, God. You gave your one and only son. You chose and you sacrificed for the ones you loved here on earth, your creation, your human beings, God. That whosoever believes in you, Jesus, will have eternal life. You will make us alive again. You will make us the people in who you intended us to be, the man you intended us to be, the woman you intended us to be, the future wife you intended us to be, the future husband you intend us to be, God. The future father, the future mother, the future brother, the future sister you intended us to be by your love, God. By your love, God. And right now, God, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every false love, God. I rebuke every, Lord God, mirage of love, every lie of the enemy, Lord God. Everything that called itself love before you, I rebuke it, God, because you're love, God. And I lose love right now, God. I open the gates of heaven, God, and I pour out your love, Jesus. I pour it out of this youth group, God. I pour it out of my life, God. I am loved and I can love in return, God. Have your way, Jesus. Your love, God. Pour it out in this place, God. Mend hearts, God. Mend the scars, Lord God, of false love, God. Mend the minds, Lord God, that have been twisted by false love. And give them pure love, the love that comes from God Almighty and Jesus Christ. Set us free, God. Set us free to be loved and to love, Lord God. The way you love us, God, in the name of Jesus. Have your way, God. Have your way, Jesus.